Hi, and welcome to Missed Opportunities for Good, the podcast where we open up the space to have conversations about trends and campaigns at the intersection of marketing, advertising, and impact. Hi, I'm Alana Ficalora. Hey, I'm Steph Belsky. We're social impact strategists, colleagues, and friends who are on a mission to revolutionize the industry we love. Today, there's a lot of virtue signaling, greenwashing, cause-washing, or companies saying nothing out of fear of getting it wrong. Whether it's a moment or a movement, it still has to be real. It has to be authentic and aligned with the brand, not just performative. It's about the action being taken that goes along with the messaging. We're here to highlight who's doing it well, what could be better, and how companies can stop leaving money and the potential for real social change on the table. On today's episode, we'll explore the latest campaigns from Apple, Liquid Death, and DWB. Before we get into it, let's do a quick review of our criteria. Alignment. Partnerships. Call to action and transparency. Engagement. And optimization and amplification. All right, so Alana... Kicking us off, case study number one, please share a little bit about Apple's 2030 status, Mother Nature. So unless you've been living under a rock for the last couple of weeks, you've (laughs) probably seen this video floating around the internet and in many conversations and articles. So how could we not cover it? It's a five-minute film that is both video sustainability report and product launch. I found it to be cheeky. I found it to be entertaining. Clearly, they spent money on it. It's well shot. It has great casting and features Apple sustainability goals as told to Octavia Spencer as Mother Nature. Great casting for Mother Nature, may I say. So good. So good. So if you haven't seen it, she attends a status meeting to receive the progress report on Apple's goals, saying that in 2020, you promised to bring Apple's entire carbon footprint to zero by 2030. And so she's checking in to see how much of that was performative and how much of that is real. Because according (laughs) to her previous meetings in that day, she pokes fun at how so much of this is performative and people don't truly meet their goals, which I personally think is clever. I know there's a lot of controversy over this not being funny, but I kind of think it's funny. So there's a lot of statistics and a lot of information that gets shared. There's even more information that gets shared on their sustainability goals and where they're at in meeting them if you go onto their website and actually dig and look around. And it ends with, you know, the the big product launch of the first Apple device that's carbon neutral, which is one of the newest Apple watches, which is interesting in and of itself because not all of the Apple watches that you could buy right now would be carbon neutral, but they're specifically highlighting the version of it that would be. Which also has That's a great. cheeky little comment on it with a, you know, are you trying to bribe Mother Nature? Some of the things that they did highlight in the spot, they're in the process of eliminating pack- the plastic from their packaging. So they're not admitting to it fully being gone. They know they're in progress. Right. That they use 100% recycled aluminum in their MacBooks, Apple TVs, Apple Watches. They operate on 100% clean energy. So that's obviously important. They claim their offices are carbon neutral. Uh, They have over 300 suppliers that are committed to using 100% clean renewable energy. They talked about shipping ocean rather than air. 
carbon offsets are also another controversial issue. And in this case, they're acknowledging that purchasing carbon offsets often are not real. They do yeah. kind of lean on that. And and their counter to that is that they've planted forests, that they've restored mangroves and grasslands, and they're identifying the countries in which they're doing so. So again, it sounds like they're taking a little bit more of a step than you know than a lot of people and companies. Water usage, kind of going through a lot of the things. I just think it's important that you know, yes, Apple's getting a lot of slack for this ad, right? But if we are, if we're just giving shit, sorry, to all the companies that are actually trying to do something and, you know, Legos being shunned for their sustainability initiatives right now, right? It's like, as long as companies are trying to do something better, we should celebrate that doing. Yes, exactly. And I did see Lego posted today. I saw that they shared something about their transparency, acknowledging that they had tested 300 different solutions and that those hadn't worked. And they're coming clean with sharing that they're working towards it. And they know they haven't found it right yet, but that they are working towards making better products. Let's talk about all the plastic companies that are and toy companies that are not acknowledging that there's even a problem. Right. They're not even trying. So I think it is important to celebrate these wins and acknowledge when companies are doing it well or trying at least and moving in a positive direction, right? Agreed. It's all development. Yeah. Some of the other pitfalls that people have commented as as negatives about this spot so far besides the greenwashing have been that it was too long, that they're not doing enough, that they're still selling products. I mean, obviously that's what they exist for. That's what they do. Yes. Would it be great if there were more refurbished products being sold or that they had modular products that didn't need to fully be replaced every couple of years? Of course. We can work towards that. We'll talk more about that later. You know, acknowledging their history of child labor or that their products are made in China. Yes, all those things are true, but it doesn't take away from the fact that they are trying to make progress on sustainability and they're being upfront about what they have done and what they're still working towards doing, which I think is important. Exactly. And it's starting a conversation and hopefully is encouraging other companies to step forward and share the work that they're doing and do more. Right. Right. So on that note, should we jump into our criteria? Let's do it. All right. So number one, alignment. Is the impact aligned with the brand values and goals? I mean, yes. At the end of the day, Apple's a tech company and they're in the business of selling more things. So to do so and to have a business that's going to last, they use so many raw materials. They kind of need to be making progress in this space so that they can have materials to source for their products. (laughs) So there's that. So yes, it's aligned and that it's also risk management in a way for them, right? To be more sustainable. And they're being intentional about this process and their journey. They could be doing more in terms of circularity, as we were mentioning, but here we are. There's an interesting quote that said that the point here isn't just that Apple is devoting itself to making real progress on the issue, but it's highlighting its progress in comparison to its competition, which I think is Mm. also interesting in terms of alignment. Microsoft's a big competitor and Samsung's a big competitor. And and is anyone more sustainable than the other in terms of their actual company mission and goals? I feel like Microsoft and Apple are probably both more so in that way. And Samsung seems to be behind in that sense. Right. So I do think that Apple has had sustainability as top of mind for some time and they are 
you know, slowly but surely making progress there. So sharing this information as part of their big product launch for the year to be having a conversation, not solely about product and incorporating sustainability into that. I feel like that is progress. And so that's a public commitment to, you know, making change. Love it. And what about the, I mean, give her her flowers, the talent influencer partnership, the strength and alignment of this partnership Octavia Spencer, please. Yes. Mother Nature. Yeah. Can she be Mother Nature everywhere? I just want her to, (laughs) you know, like these men that have played God in the past. Can Octavia Spencer forever be Mother Nature? Like, can that just be a character point that just visits other companies and checks in on them? I don't know. I feel like we could spin off a whole series on this. Other than casting, is she a proponent for sustainability? Don't know. (laughs) But (laughs) I love this for her. So maybe there's a future there. Also interesting in the talent pool of having real Apple staff, specifically Tim Cook and Lisa Jackson, Apple's VP of Environment Policy and Social Initiatives, which- I love that. Unless you read about it and find out that that's actually her, you wouldn't know that because nobody knows who she is. (laughs) At least I didn't. People know who Tim Cook is, but it was cool seeing them, whether or not they have their acting chops is another story, but having them participate in this conversation (laughs) and- Hopefully meaning that they take it more seriously. I don't know. I think it was an interesting take. And again, right. it's like and, great and casting all around. Diverse exactly. casting, all of it. And and as we've said in the past, right, that really leadership needs to take yes. a, a role in this conversation. And so they physically gave Tim Cook an acting role to, to show that he's really putting his money where his mouth is, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually involved in the conversation and feels it's important to show up when reporting to Mother Nature. Absolutely. All right. Nonprofit partnership. Is there one? Not really. There's not one at all. And it's interesting too, because I don't know that Apple ever really does in their impact related spots have any sort of nonprofit partnership. I think any of their nonprofit partners are kind of, it's more, I think they more just like social issues generally and maybe have programs like diversity programs or different sort of support programs for teachers, like the discounts they give teachers or things like that, that are not specific nonprofit driven. Yeah. I mean, I think a missed opportunity here would have been, you know, like who's doing the regrowing of the mangroves, right? Like, yeah, I'm sure that's not exactly Apple's expertise. Right. So there's obviously boots on the ground that are, actively regenerating these ecosystems. So give credit where credit's due and maybe, you know, kind of revisit that in the future, Apple. Yeah, that would be interesting, right? Because who knows, are those even nonprofits? Are they for profits? Are they social entrepreneurs? Like who is planting the mangroves and the forests and all of that? That would be very interesting though. And then there's also a bit of accountability there too, if you're acknowledging those organizations, right? For sure. For sure. All right. What about follow through? Is this a one-off campaign, long-term initiative? As of now, it appears to specifically be a one-off campaign in sharing this information in this way. In 2017, Apple made the public commitment to one day make products only using renewables and recycled materials. So Mm. they've been thinking and working towards this for a moment. So Now that they've been public about where they are, I think they're going to need to do a follow-up at some point and hopefully 
we can keep Octavia around to to report back as Mother Nature and regulate on whether or not they're making the progress that needs to happen. Absolutely. Love it. All right. And what about the call to action? Is there one? Is it obvious at all? I mean, really, they're just selling more product when there's a call to action. I loved your idea of highlighting the organizations that are actually yeah. planting the mangroves or forests or whatnot, uh, because right. otherwise, really, they're just saying, here's a new Apple Watch. You might already own one, but you could get one that's sustainable now. Come up and get it. Yeah. It's not even like, hey, we're trying to reclaim our materials. It could end with a send us back your old tech. It could end right, with so which, many things. Which they have. They do. They have a trade-in program. Yeah. Or if you can't trade it in, they recycle it for you. Yes. Which is something that I think they should be promoting all the time. 100%. Because who has, you know, all these Apple products lying around in your house collecting dust? And you're like, wait. Got to get rid of these sustainably, ethically. A hundred percent. And when it comes to electronics recycling, a lot of places make you pay to recycle electronics. Right. So even though they're then sourcing the materials, but if it's a third party, you don't necessarily get to turn something in for free. So even if you don't like, I mean, I'm pretty sure I have a very, very old iPhone that my daughter likes to play with <laughs> that does not work, which it has a purpose now. So it's fine. It's a toy for better or worse. <laughs> but... The fact that Apple will take any of those products back so they can reclaim materials is important and they should be promoting it more and making it even easier for people to turn those in. Right. Okay. Let's talk about transparency for a second. Messaging, is it clear the impact that they're making? I mean, obviously this is basically a living, breathing sustainability report, right? So we understand the actions that they're taking what's being done, but what what else do we need to talk about in terms of transparency, Alana? Yeah, I think in terms of transparency, it's interesting, right, that they use the video as a way to highlight some of the key points from their sustainability report. When you do go to the website, which we'll include in the show notes, there is way more information that you can dive into. And a lot of it is pretty easily digestible, but then there's full reports that you can download per product, all of that. I will say on a surface level, it does feel a bit greenwashing when you go to their website just because it's so blatantly using the color green, which almost, I mean, I get why they do it. I've also heard the color green is hot right now, which <laughs> my daughter will also be excited about because that's her favorite color. But it's, you know, it, it feels a little forced, even though that tends to be, I think, where people gravitate towards. It's like everyone uses nature images to talk about sustainability. Yes. And as long as the data is truly there. There's also a lot of circular graphics, which leads you to believe there may be more true circularity than there really is. I don't know if circularity washing is now a thing, but it feels like there's a little of that. If you're just looking very surface level and not clicking through, you might make assumptions that even more is being done than has been. That being said, it does seem like they're totally taking it seriously. They are releasing their information that is, you know, fair to make public. And they are investing in clean energy projects beyond just purchasing carbon credits and being thoughtful about it. It says that they their credits that they're purchasing align with international standards and it lists all of that information. So they're ensuring that these products are real and measurable and quantifiable. They're not setting it and forgetting it and just sending money mm. somewhere and it the carbon goes back into the atmosphere in full force five minutes later when they cut down the forest, right? So it sounds like there's actual value there. 
Let's look at customer community engagement. None. Not really there. Cross Cross promotion. None. I don't even know where else this has been seen except for It got a lot of publicity. Yeah. Yeah. Except for everywhere. (laughs) Right. And the the visibility was kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's interesting for being a product launch, and I get that there are other product launches that happen on the same day, obviously, because that's how Apple rolls. But you have to kind of scroll down to even learn anything about it. Mm. And even when you get to the Apple Watch section, there's two other Apple Watch images before you even get to the carbon neutral Apple Watch image, which is where you would click through to get to the page that talks about their sustainability goals. So while it does have its own subpage and all of that, it's it gets a little lost in the homepage. Dang. All right. Now, talk to me about the missed opportunity because like we said, this is this is really good stuff and yes. take it take it away. Yeah, so having that conversation about circularity and products not ending up in a landfill and all of that, I think the, the counter to Apple's release was back market timed their spots release uh, for refurbished phones because what they sell is refurbished products and looking around on their website versus Apple's refurbished products. And they are significantly cheaper than the Apple products that are refurbished and resold. For example, an iPhone, instead of being $1,300 refurbished on the Apple site is still $1,000. But if you go on the back market site, you can get those phones for much less. (laughs) It's actually acknowledging that there is a price differential. If you're buying something refurbished, people aren't going to spend almost what they would pay for something new. And so I think that that barrier, I think, is important in terms of purchasing new products, new versus old, and how people's behavior and spending to acknowledge there is value to refurbished product, but it can't cost the same as a new product because then people are just going to buy new. And they have a very clever, fun spot. We'll include it in the show notes really kind of poking fun back at the Apple consumer culture and the value of purchasing refurbished. Yeah. Uh, Big, big shout out to the Lord Danger team for putting this spot together. It's really well done. Good job, guys. Yes. As we talked about earlier, the missed opportunity on circularity and actually having this focus on refurbished projects, maybe creating instead of the development of just using recycled pieces within their products, but having modular products where just the software gets changed out or you're not replacing hardware every couple of years. And this idea that, I mean, for so long, I always thought like, oh, two years, got to get a new iPhone, three years, got to get a new laptop. We shouldn't have that mentality. They need to be built better. They need to last longer. We need to feel like if you have to replace the battery, you shouldn't have to replace the whole thing. So making it accessible to change out parts versus entire products every couple of years. Love it. Good stuff. (laughs) On to the next. Sticking with sustainability, tell us about Liquid Death's latest (laughs) comedy routine. (laughs) Certainly. So, yes, keeping with the environmental theme of today's episode, for better or worse, this next campaign takes me back to my days at College Humor, apparently now known as Dropout. Congrats, Sam. The irreverent comedy website that dominated the internet in the 2000s, where occasionally we used comedy to educate our audience about really important issues, like the time we equated a bunch of dudes potentially being eaten by bears with, quote unquote, one in five women being sexually assaulted by the time they've graduated from college. 
the video itself is called What If Bears Killed One in Five People? And that was in partnership with itsonus.org. We'll leave it in the show notes. But comedian and best-selling author Tom Segura takes his comedy for impact to the next level with his new spot for liquid death, Glory Hole. It's part of the brand's death to plastic initiative because according to Segura, there is nothing more glorious than saving the planet, end quote. Look, if you're familiar with Tom Segura's brand of raunchy comedy, you will find this spot to be spot on, really, as he satirizes an infomercial for a recycling bin with his open mouth on it. (laughs) And we'll continually field questions throughout the spot from the audience like, will my junk fit in there? And said junk is actually an aluminum can or an aluminum bottle. So the most impactful part of this whole ad, if we really want to call it that, comes in around 25 seconds when Tom Segura shares that 95% of plastic gets sent to landfills. I mean, that's tremendous. That's basically liquid death's calling card, right? Is that you should ditch plastic and instead drink liquid death because liquid death uses only aluminum cans, which can be recycled. And so the glory hole, (laughs) this is an actual recycling bin, again, with Tom Segura's big old face on it, is priced at $58. It's only been out for a week and it's already sold out. An unknown percentage of the proceeds is going to a handful of environmental nonprofits that are fighting plastic pollution. Alana, let's let's get into this. Couldn't couldn't <laughs> withhold the start. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. I will say, generally speaking, Liquid Death has really gone for it with their advertising. And oh, yeah. It kind of reminds me, it's very different, but kind of reminds me almost of how Oatly just kind of went for it in their in yeah, their yeah, realm. Yeah. Liquid Death has really taken water to a whole new level, and I'm here for it. <laughs> you know, spot on with their with their demographic. Totally, of dudes. They're right? very like, clear who they're trying to serve, how they're yeah. going to get there, That's unapologetically. Yeah. Their partnerships. Okay, we'll get into the criteria, so you can cover all these things. All okay. right, alignment is their impact aligned with their brand values and goals. So as we've been talking about, Liquid Death brand is in your face, pardon my disgusting pun, but it is tongue in cheek, literally. (laughs) So much snorts, I apologize. Ah, I love it. And again, they do take an unapologetic stance on who they are, but also on recycling, plastic pollution, and the climate crisis. So yeah, this ridiculousness is very much aligned. It has a purpose. It does. Talent influencer partnership. Full on right here. What's the strength and alignment of this partnership? So hilariously, Tom Segura actually shares his personal experience with literal glory hole run-ins during his Netflix is a joke stand-up special. So yeah, Weirdly, this is also aligned with the messaging (laughs) and with his brand, though I haven't known him to be an environmental activist by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) He does call out the need for 
poor people, quote unquote, to take better care of the environment in his latest stand-up special, where he specifically says, you know, if they're in my trash already, they might as well. Oh my God. Oh my God. But also on that note, don't you? Between, oh my God. between recyclables and not. Stop. But don't you like kind of want him at every stand-up show in the future to have this recycling bin? Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what needs to happen. Is Oh my God, you're crying. crying. This is so good. <laughs> it's so crass. And also, I cannot stop thinking that fucking Tom Segura might just save the planet. All right. So then also, you know, there was there was another very buzzworthy death to plastic campaign featuring Whitney Cummings as a plastic surgeon at the Liquid Death Plastic Surgery Center. Yes. You've not seen that one. That it's one's a must funny. Watch. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird. And so weird. like, yeah, all their stuff is just bizarre and brilliant. But there's another partnership that I really want to highlight that happens behind the camera here. So Liquid Death hired Bonaparte, which is the female writing and directing duo of Bonnie Dennison and Allison Barton that were tapped to direct this spot. So like shout out to the female directors that are dealing with this grossness and hopefully reclaiming it somehow. I don't know. But either way, well, well done, ladies. This was really, really weirdly good. Always happy to support female directors. So I love there that. There we go. Nonprofit partnership. Is there one? <laughs> so it's unclear how much Liquid Death donated to nonprofits through the specific glory hole activation. However, Liquid Death does donate five cents for every can sold to nonprofits like Five Gyres, which fights plastics pollution, and The Thirst Project, which is a love of good partner who we absolutely adore. Thirst Project works on providing access to clean drinking water all around the world. So at least the nonprofits that are being supported are in alignment with what liquid death is trying to do that would be weird if they weren't so that is a good thing it would it would be very strange and not make sense it's also funny the five cents isn't five cents what you're technically or is it 10 cents now the fee you get for like you pay extra like for for recycling it's kind of funny yeah okay that's right weird (laughs) anyways follow through i know you kind of alluded to this already but is this a one-off campaign or one-off donation long-term campaign Yeah, so I I love this quote from Liquid Death's VP of Creative, Andy Pearson. He said, we all grew up with messaging about how important it is to recycle, but there's also something important we're missing in that lesson, which is to waste less. Single-use plastics like plastic bottles are endemic to our modern world. What we want to do with this video and the entire brand of Liquid Death is to get people to stop and think critically about their choices. And I really think that is this whole death to plastic campaigns idea, right? Is let's think better about our single use plastic, about how we're treating our environment and and how we're treating our own bodies too. Totally. Well, yeah. And then there's all the other issues with plastic that they're not even addressing in there. Exactly. 
Not yet, at least. Yes. I'm sure there's still time. Yeah. (laughs) And I find that it's interesting too, right? You wouldn't think that they would need to focus so much on the fact that plastic isn't recyclable or so little of it is recycled. But people still assume that if you throw it in the recycling bin, that it's fine. Yeah. And aluminum can be recycled and most aluminum is still in circulation as long as it is recycled. Whereas obviously we know plastic, it's the exact opposite. So it's an interesting brand proposition to have, but it actually works at the same time. Right. Yes. It'd be better to just use the reusable, but if you're going to have to purchase it, at least purchase aluminum. Okay. Exactly. Call to action. Is there a call to action? So I, I think you just said it, right? If, if you're going to purchase a, a water receptacle, then choose liquid death over traditional bottled waters because consumers will actually reduce their carbon footprint to help protect the environment. Aluminum cans are obviously more sustainable than plastic bottles and can be recycled indefinitely. So they will never end up in landfills or in our oceans, which is huge. Absolutely. And they want you to purchase a Tom Segura Gory Hole <laughs> to recycle your cans. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. That's the real call to action. <laughs> that is the call to action. But you can't buy it anymore. So what's the point? Print more. Print more. Right? Which I guess then is buying more stuff. So maybe, I don't know. But, but it's so good. It's so good. Or maybe they should just download your own printout face where you could put it on your own recycling bin to encourage your coworkers or family or whatever it is to DIY it at home. Nice. I love that, Alana. Uh, Transparency. Is the messaging clear (laughs) on the impact they're planning to make and have taken? Okay. So transparency is not really there in terms of the glory hole (laughs) component of this. But the the message gets across, right? We understand we need to be recycling more. We need to put our junk into Tom Scora's pie hole. (laughs) Speaking of that, customer and community engagement. (laughs) Sounds like they're engaging their community. They are. They are. But you know what? Like we talked about earlier, would love to see... A, the glory hole, this recycling bin at every single Tom Segura show moving forward. Just throw it up on the stage, Tom. You can do it. It's not hard. As just a constant reminder of us to be taking care of our planet. And, you know, who knows? Maybe even Tom Segura could sponsor some kind of plastic cleanup scavenger hunt before his next show or during his next tour. I don't know. Wishful thinking. But, you know, I'm going to turn you into an environmental activist yet, Tom. What's um? There used to be an app or a hashtag or something for people to take pictures of plastic as they were picking it up or trash as they were picking it up to kind of Mm. highlight how much trash was around. You could make, to, to your point, some fun sort of activation or game in all of these AR tech, VR worlds that we have, some sort of interactive experience. Maybe you win tickets to his show by cleaning up the most trash or something. Who knows? There we go. I guess I would also hit on cross-promotion because there – is there any cross-promotion with this? I guess not. So I'm kind of not really. I mean, it looks like Liquid Death very clearly uploaded the ad and then tagged Tom Segura as a collaborator and – then it showed up on his feed. Like that, that was the cross promotion level of this. Fair, fair. 
I mean, and you know, it's a little disappointing too, because I mean, it would make sense. Like Tom Segura has multiple podcasts. Mm. It would be great to see Liquid Death actually being a sponsor on one of his, on multiple of his podcasts, potentially. Or him Um, just talking about this and highlighting the issue. Well, sure. But, you know, let the dude get paid for it. Or or incorporate it. Fair, fair. Incorporate it as part of this sponsorship. Yes, and. Yeah. Exactly. All of that. Yeah. And visibility is as obvious on the homepage. (laughs) It's front and center, Alana, just as the glory hole should be. (laughs) As you do. Amazing. I feel like we incorporated our value add recos as we talked about it, but anything else we wanted to mention? God, just the number of times we're saying glory hole in this episode. I mean, it almost makes me want every fraternity to have, like, I just feel like there's so many, like, very on the nose placements that you could partner with. Put it on college campuses, put it in locker rooms, so many places that this could be very well received. For people who may not otherwise give a shit, since we've already cussed enough on this episode, we're marking it not clean. You know what I mean? Just continue the exposure so it's not just this funny ad that lives in the interwebs. I love it. Amazing. Okay, last one. This one will be a short one because it's not sustainability related. And we couldn't find as much information on it as we were hoping to see the exposure have. But we'll talk about that. Driving while black, DWB. Do you want yeah. to give us a little summary about what this was? Sure. So this was an activation done by Critical Mass, Goodby Silverstein and Partners, and the Courageous Conversations Global Foundation, as well as the Mill. It's a really powerful activation ad that they did. And as you mentioned, DWB stands for Driving While Black. It's a sedan that boasts some really unique attributes, making it, quote unquote, fully equipped to survive being racially profiled. The work was timed with the Detroit Auto Show, which ran from September 13th to 24th. And they did an AR activation during the auto show. They actually said that, They wanted to reproduce this actual sedan and have it be front and center at the auto show, but it was too expensive, (laughs) which is saying a lot about our world, but you, you get the point of it. And, you know, the, the end result is that it's not the car that's going to solve these problems, right? It's, it's people. And it's people treating other people equally. And And that's needing to have these courageous conversations. Right. Yeah. And so they have a short film on their website that talks about it. So if you're not at the Detroit Auto Show, this is how we were able to learn about it and check it out. And so it highlights some of the safety features like transparent doors to eliminate reasonable suspicion or a steering wheel with your hands at 10 and 2 at all times, so they're completely visible. No trunk, no glove box, so there can't be any question about searches for things. Another interesting note that they added, which I didn't catch on to at first until I read about it in an article, was that the license plate has 3X in it, which acknowledges that Black people are three times more likely to be killed during encounters with police, which is just just insane. It's so powerful. 
and you know it's it's being picked up in auto trades and things like that but something that we've been talking about is you know this really needs to get in front of the police right this needs to get in front of law enforcement the general public yeah yes yes like is it just the car community or is it everyone but especially having that unconscious bias training having these courageous conversation with political leaders with law enforcement leaders i think is really where it should be shown and i don't know if it's being shared in those areas or how it can be shared more though i there's a little bit of acknowledge of courageous conversations working with different agencies but it seems like there's clearly an opportunity for much more work to be done there yeah and speaking of some of that other work this this is a long-term relationship between goodby and the courageous conversations global foundation they in in 2020 there was a great campaign called not a gun and basically it was a dramatized the epidemic of of unarmed black men being shot by police and you know basically taking that outrage and advocacy for understanding and disrupting the status quo i thought it was tremendous and really, really well done. And this is a great follow-up to that. Totally. Yeah. And the not a gun was a candy bar. Right. And that right. that's often all that's in their hand, which yeah. is so insane. So they really highlighted that. Yeah. And these organizations are, are relatively new. Courageous Conversations been around since 1992. And then the Creative Conversation Global Foundation has been around since 2017. But they are, you know, committed to achieving racial equity in the U.S. and are doing really amazing work leading to that. So it's nice to see that the agencies had this long-term relationship working with them as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't make total sense to go exactly through our criteria, but we can kind of hit on some of the points, I guess. The alignment of it being put out along with the Detroit Auto Show brings publicity to it that may not otherwise have happened because it is car related. So it's an interesting ad to have it tagged along with that. And also based on the community in Detroit, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And look, the main partnership here is between Goodby Silverstein, CCGF, but it would be really great to see other auto manufacturers stepping up to be a part of this movement and, you know, I don't know whether that looks like a sponsorship or or what, but at the very least, making a donation to the foundation, I don't know. It, it feels like this was a direct call to action to car manufacturers mm. to pay more attention to these conversations and what's happening. I wonder if it would be interesting on that note, like to the point of courageous conversations to be hosting these community conversations at auto dealers across yes. the country and bringing community leaders, law enforcement, individuals together to talk about these issues and and working together to create change in their community since auto dealers are are so localized yeah. in their communities and neighborhoods if there was a way to utilize those relationships somehow. I I love that. And then the call to action and transparency, they do have 
two calls to action on the website for DWB, uh, get involved and a donate now, which all really take you to the Courageous Conversations Global Foundation website so that you can learn the best ways to have effective dialogue to elevate this conversation and lead to interracial healing and have these conversations in a safe space to learn together and to have real transformation in the community. Yeah. And I think about, you know, when it comes to amplification, right? Like thinking about this is a great concept, but is it really enough? Or is this just to win awards and to, you know, yes, it's sparking a bigger conversation, but like we've been talking about, is this really getting in front of the right people? Are they spearheading the conversations that really need to be happening around this issue? Yeah, exactly. Uh, How can it be distributed or where is it being distributed beyond this? And maybe we're just not finding that information, but it was a little, even on social, it was hard to find much conversation about this happening. And so you want it to be sparking more. And maybe that means bringing influencers into the conversation so that there are other conversations happening or different communities. There have been other entertainment, there's other entertainment content out there that's actually called Driving While Black. I think there's a book and there was a TV series on PBS at some point. And so it seems like there could be some interesting talent conversations to lead, even like a, who is that LeBron show? The Shop? where they would have different conversations mm. in the barbershop, getting exposure in the partnership like that, where it has its own following and audience and, and getting people to talk about. I mean, I'm sure that audience is already talking about this all the time because that's their reality, but to getting it out there in more places would be amazing. All right. So let's, let's wrap this up. <laughs> yes. Theme for today, sustainability. <laughs> and giving a shit. Yeah. I mean, really that's, that's everything. Yeah. It, DWB maybe didn't fit into our theme so much other than the fact that we thought it was very important to acknowledge yeah. and cover because it doesn't seem to be getting the recognition or as much awareness as it should be. We think it's really important to highlight and to share with our community and spread the word as much as we can as well. Absolutely. So let's shine a light and learn from those who are doing it well and reduce the missed opportunities for good. We want to hear from you. Let us know. What campaigns are you seeing that are doing it well? Who would you like to see us interview? What campaigns would you like us to audit? And what are your thoughts? Do you think that these spots were greenwashing? Do you think that there's true sustainability goals being shared? Would love to know if you think there's value in sharing these sustainability conversations on a global scale of what companies are doing for climate. Thank you so much for joining us on our mission to revolutionize the industry that we love. Missed Opportunities for Good is powered by Love of Good and Aligned for Impact. To learn more, visit the links in the show notes.